Where's a good station? Glory. Glory. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name is Bill, and I'm here with longtime friend and fellow Guardian of Grace, Guard Dog Steve. Hello, everybody. I'm glad you're here, too. You're the most important. We are here to serve. We are here to serve. Relax. We are here to serve. Hey, now that you mention it, that's... Let let me ask you, Bill, what you thought a, a a servant of God is supposed to be. What do you... Let's say, what did you feel a servant of God used to be when you were a young Christian? Putting it in that time frame, if I was to say, what does it mean to serve God? Yes. To be, I know I give this answer a lot. I thought it meant basically stop sinning. And I thought everything I did was sinning. I thought going to the beach on Sunday instead of going to church was sinning. So I would say I thought serving God was to stop sinning. And that could be defined as almost everything I did. I, I, you know. And start pleasing God? And definitely stop, start pleasing God. I called it obedience, maybe, to, Mm -hmm. to God. Yeah. I remember dating a girl that wasn't a Christian and I was just guilted unbelievably into just treating her harshly. Yeah. And so I didn't give her the gospel. I remember giving her the conversion. Yeah, right, right. Or hit the road. Yeah, giving her the commandments. Really gave her a great introduction into uh, Christianity. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) You're not worthy. (laughs) Perfect example of commercial Christianity, that's for sure. Well, let me ask you, what do you think the view of most Christians are if they are told to serve God in the 21st century? I would say that, I hate to say it, be redundant, but I'd say serve God with your finances is one that you hear a lot. Oh, that's true. That's true. Being a good steward of your money. Yeah. I hear that a lot. And I'm not saying be a bad steward, but I'm just saying this idea that being a good steward means that you take 10% right off the top and that goes to the local church no matter what you know yes get your priorities there was always a saying i live by Mm, what was that get your priorities right god family 
business in that order. Did you have I for many years that was my motto. And <laughs> I think it was you that told me that God is not a priority, he's your life. So <laughs> Amen. I think it was you that told me that. That's funny. That's funny, but somehow we both encourage each other. Yeah. With that. It set me free from that. It it really did. That's a Bible study in itself. It is. We can do some on it if you want. But in recent years of what I'd like to talk about, I've seen serving God in a whole new living way. A whole new way of serving God that looks a lot like being gentle, meek, helping people, loving people. And it's... Go ahead. You had a oh, I was going to say, let me ask you this. How do you feel you stacked up? How would you grade yourself? Back then? Yeah. Always felt felt like I was falling short. The thing that left me was very self-conscious. Yeah. I was constantly focused on myself. It actually made me a very self-conscious person. Yes. Which is not good. No. No. And I was not God-conscious at all, except to... The only thing I was consciously aware of concerning God was how far short I was falling. Yeah, how bad you felt. Yes, how, how bad I felt. Because serving to me was, I hate to say it, well, I will say it, it was stop sinning. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people it boils down to one idea, be good. Yeah. What do you think serving God was in the Old Testament. It was different because they served in the like 2 Corinthians says they served in the oldness of the letter and not in the newness of the spirit. True. Put that aside for a second. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about the newness of the spirit for one. Right. So I knew the oldness of the letter. Serving then was pinnacle of where they took it in the Old Covenant was pictured as the Pharisee. A Pharisee gave up everything. He was the best servant. He was. He he tithed not just on his income. Apparently these guys would tithe on their spices. Yeah. Even. They were sold out to serve God. Mm-hmm. In fact, they, they had one tradition that Jesus rebuked them for was in Mark 7 where they said they took honor your mother and father mm-hmm. Amen. and they said we don't have time for that because we're serving God right so we're not going to look after our mom and dad right who are getting up there mm-hmm. so we're going to serve God by not but just by observing by not sinning in any way against the, the law and even coming up with our own laws, just in case we get close to the law, we'll have this law that keeps us from getting close, close. to breaking the law, mm-hmm. and we'll serve that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they said, whatever service I was to give my mom and dad, consider it me serving God in this way as honoring my mother and father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, your traditions have made the word of God of no, no effect. effect. They had taken honoring their mother and father, taking care of them. Yes. And they turned it into, I'm just going to focus full time 
24-7 on serving what they called serving God. Right. These were the people that Jesus was the harshest on. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Now the fair now the the woman, the prostitute, we'll just say what she was. Mm-hmm. She washed Jesus' feet with her tears yes. and hair, and he Jesus looked at that as pleasing to him. Yeah. And used it to rebuke the uh, scribes and the Pharisees. That's true. That's true. There. That's how serving God was looked at in, in the Old Testament, the Mosaic Law and everything. It was all about burning incense and a fragrance to God and, and all these ceremonial things that they did that were pleasing to God, the, these rituals That's the key word that the Le- Levites did over and over and over again as they served the Lord, as they pleasured the Lord. Yeah, you mentioned a good word, to please. Yes. And that's how Pharisees looked at it, as they were pleasing God. Yes, They were doing all these rituals. Yeah. What if I was to tell you we can't serve God, never could? How would that jive with the modern-day message about over and over and over again, you got to be a good servant, you got to be a good servant of God? What if I said you can't serve God? What if I said there's a scripture that says you can't serve God? I would say, I wish I knew that 20 years ago. I would say, wow. I would say, let's have that scripture and let's re- rethink this. Yes. Let, what let, it means to be a servant of God. Matter of fact, let's do this. Let's go to Joshua 24. We'll look and while you're going there, Bill, I'll set the stage. Joshua, uh, God had populated a nation, some say up to two million people. He had populated a nation, took them out in the wilderness where everybody knew what Israel was. Then he took Israel into other inhabited lands and Israel conquered those lands because God was with Israel conquering them. And, and there was many miraculous times that God just showed miracles as he was conquering these other nations. But he conquered the other nations. He gave Israel 12 parcels of land and divided that up between the 12 tribes. And then in Joshua 24, Joshua comes out and says, uh, I think it's 2415, he says a verse that is just so famous. You hear it all the time. It says what? Had it on my doormat. That's right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. Amen. That's right. That's true. Choose this day which God you'll serve. And my doormat ended there. Yes. Yes. Choose this day. And you've heard that so many times in so many sermons. Choose this day who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve God? Are you going to be God's servant? Well, the most astounding thing is, is the very next verse, Joshua, well, I'll let you read it, Bill. I'll let you read it. I've heard that, Steve. You make the choice. Yes. Let's see. As for me and my household, we'll serve 
the living Lord. Let me find it here. I'm in yep. Joshua 24. Maybe around 15. So I'm right on it. I'll start in 14. Okay. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Choose for yourselves today, verse 15, whom you will serve, whether the gods which were your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of Amorites in which the land you are living but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was what I had on my doormat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then what does Israel say back to Joshua? Same for thing the, I always said when yeah. I was told to choose this day, which God I'll serve. Yes. Verse 17, For the, this is their response. And the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Verse 17, For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land in Egypt from the house of bondage, and who did these great signs in our sight and preserved us through all the way in which we went, and among all the people through whose midst we passed. And the Lord drove out from out from before us, all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in the land, we also we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. And what does Joshua say to them? You can't. He's too holy. He says in verse 19, Joshua said to the people, who just said they will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. Just like I always us, said. And probably you always said, we'll serve him. I'm I'm more than happy to serve him. We won't serve these idols. Yeah. Which they were in their possession. Yeah. (laughs) This is what Joshua said. And I'm reading it. Joshua said to the people who just said, we will serve the Lord. You will not be able to serve the Lord. For he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions and your sins. He just says you can't. You will not be able to. You can't. You can't. And then, and then what do they say? They say, oh, let, let, let me just They double down it. on the commitment. They double down. They said, no, no, we will serve God. We will serve him. We're going to serve him. He's a good God. He's, he's cool. He's cool and we love him. Verse and, 21 says, yeah. no, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen for yourselves to serve the Lord, to serve him. And they said, Yes, we are witnesses. We are witnesses. We have chosen to serve the Lord. That's it. <laughs> Look at verse 23. Go for it. Now, therefore, put away the foreign god which are in your midst. So they're already serving other gods. As they said this, As we will not serve that. these Amorite yeah. gods. Right, right. They're already doing it. They're already doing it, yes. Yes. And from that point, from Joshua twenty four fifteen until you get to the Gospels, all you ever read about is the futility Israel went through as they tried wholeheartedly 
to please the Lord and serve the Lord. They tried for 2,000 years and never did serve the Lord. They failed to serve the Lord, which is the same thing we would do if we were trying to serve the Lord. Let me just say this, Steve. Yes. They said it a third time. Then verse really. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord, our God, and we will obey his voice. They equated serving the Lord with obeying his voice, just like we had equated serving the Lord with obedience, pleasing obedience. They said, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, you can. They said it again. We will serve the Lord. Joshua said, you will not be able to. Then they said it a third time. Yes, and they never did serve the Lord. They never were pleasing to him. They were dismantled as a nation because of their failure to serve God properly. And then there was 400 years of silence. Then we come to the Gospels. Let me just pause for one second. Let me just pause for one second. Have you ever heard And just go back in your mind's eye, Bill. Have you ever heard one single sermon that says you can't serve God through what? 35 years of sermons. No, I don't have that cassette tape or CD and I never heard it on TV anywhere. I heard it. I would say I'm in the same category as you. I've never heard a sermon that said, you can't serve God, he's too holy. The only place I ever heard that mentioned was in Joshua 24, 15, where he said, choose this day which God you'll serve. And then somebody slapped me in the face with the idea that you can't serve him, he's too holy is what Joshua said. Yes, he did. I would say that's something that doesn't, it's not on Christian radio or it's not really out there. Just that concept, that foundational need to know statement, you cannot serve God. It's another classic example of something that's impossible to do that we are told to do over and over and over and over again in the modern day commercial Christian realms. It causes you to burn out. That's, yeah, that's the fuel for burning out. That's for sure. That's for sure. Okay, so here's the question I want to pose. Are we servants of God or not? Let's look into it. Yeah. And it doesn't take long. All we have to do is look at the beginning of the letters that Paul wrote, like Timothy or something where he says, Paul, a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And over and over, he starts these letters with a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. So where does that leave us? One, we can't serve the living God. And two, we are a bond servant of God. Well, I think there's a hint in 2 Corinthians 3 that we are able ministers of the new covenant. Yes, yes. Minister is, we get the word waiters, like waiting waiting on tables. It's kind of what it means. Servants. We're ministers 
we are adequate ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And we've been made adequate ministers. Isn't that what it says right in Second Corinthians? We've been made adequate ministers of the Spirit, meaning as a waiter or waitress, however you want to look at it, and in the Spirit is the ability to be a servant. Exactly what you're saying. Let me just come out and say this. We are not servants of the Lord in that we burn incense for God and make his kingdom smell real real good or, or any of those rituals that Israel had to do. We are not that type of servant, but we are servants of each other. We serve each other. We are God's servant. I am God's servant to you, Bill. I am God's servant. So I can call myself a servant of God and still say, but I can't serve God, but I can serve you. I can serve you as a fellow believer. That's what Jesus said. He says, I did not come down to earth to be served, but to serve and he serves through us but he serves the people around us that's where we're the servant yeah amen steve it's dawning on me that the service the service we do is done by the spirit which means it's not us ritually serving god like it says whatever's the Pharisee said, whatever service I would give to my mother and father, I'll give it to God. I'll burn incense. Yes. True service is serving one another. Yes. Being gracious to one another. Meeting other people's needs. Right. Right. That's that, what we're doing. That's God that's, being a servant in us. That's, in the 21st century. It's serving in the spirit and not in the letter. Yes. Serving in the letter is me putting out my doormat as for me and my house we will serve the lord yes so when someone came by and asked for help i say You'd say you don't, don't steal. see my mat yeah you don't see my doormat there yeah i, I, I help god I right know. right right actually let me read maybe what paul said and link it to what jesus said okay okay because okay. we do want to picture of what a servant is and we want it to be a biblical picture because it helps us it goes a long way towards becoming the model christian that we want to be jesus said what verse is that let's see i'm going to go to matthew 20 28 okay 2028 i'm going to start in 26 for continuity i'm going to start in 25 actually but jesus called them to himself and said you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not so among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, served. but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for all. So Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served. Yes. He's not impressed with my doormat. Right. 
right. He's not impressed with my self-sacrifice and not going to the beach. No, he's the source of serving. That's just what he said, Steve. I know. He came to be the servant of all. He came back down to earth in spiritual form to live inside of us, to make us servants of all. Because it's him serving serving in us. In us. Isn't that what it said in Philippians 1 6? He says, I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the day of completion. That Jesus who apprehended you on the day that you were born again and took you as his vessel to work through is going to work through you for the rest of your life. He's going to do that through you. He's going to serve other people, but we do need to get that one aspect that we're serving the people around us, not serving an imaginary person that we make up. We're his servant to everybody who is around us. That's the same thing Paul said in in 2 Corinthians 3. Yes. He says, we, do we need letters of commendation from other people? He says, no, you yourselves are our letters. You are living letters, Amen. known and read by all men. The same concept, actually, that gets so missed in the book of Revelation, the Lamb's Book of Life, whose names are not found in the Lamb's Book of Life, like as, as if Steve Lenart <laughs> would be written there. You know right. what it actually means? It's the character. Yes. It's the servant's character that is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And it's literally called the Book of the Life of the Lamb. His Every, story. His story. Every time Christ serves of, through you, it's recorded in the Book of the Life of, of the, the Lamb. Lamb. And Jesus did this through Bill, and he did that through Steve, and he went on to do this through another person. And these people he did something else really cool through. It's the story of all that Jesus did as he was serving people. If you did it in your own human effort strength, yeah. it's not recorded. In, it's not in the book of the life of the Lamb. It's in the books. He plural. says he didn't know you. Did not you know you. You yes. didn't experience him. Yes. So Paul says... You yourselves are living living letters. Yes. Your chapters in that book of the life of the Lamb. Yes. Your paragraphs are... Exactly. In the book of the life of the Lamb. Right. It's not a ledger. No. With someone's name. S-T-E-V-E. He's in, he's out. He's in, he's out. Right. It's the story of all that Jesus has done as he has accomplished God's eternal purpose which is Ephesians 3.10 that he was going to accomplish the purpose that God had for him to do through all the time zones through all the ages Jesus was going to get everything accomplished he just uses us to do that and when he uses us to do that we are written in his book of the Lamb the book of the life of the Lamb, yes. Yes. And Paul calls it living letters. means yeah. the same thing. He like says, living chapters. Known and read by all men. Yes. 
and he says, we are adequate servants Mm -hmm. through the Spirit. Yes. Meaning we're adequate because he's serving in us. Yeah, I think we should read that, that passage. It's 2 Corinthians 3. I used to know it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming coming from from ourselves. Yeah. That would be us serving. Yes. In the old way. But our sufficiency is from God. Yes. Our sufficiency is not from our commitment. No. Not from our willingness to give up our idols as they found in the book of Joshua. No. Uh, um, it's not in the, I will choose to serve God. Grip my teeth. Our sufficiency is not from your doormat that says, me and my house will serve the Lord. Mm-mm. It says our sufficiency is from God who has made us. Made. Passive voice. Passive voice. Able ministers of a new covenant. Yes. Then he distinguishes, not of the letter. Mm-mm. The letter is commitment to what you're supposed to do. Not verb-based preaching. No. Not of the letter. For the letter kills. And that was that feeling I had where I just wanted to quit being a Christian. Yes. Because I, I, fa- I, I came to that same conclusion that they came through in Joshua 24. I wasn't able to serve God. No, but you were told over and over and over to serve God. And you just felt like a, a, an utter failure. And double down on the commitment. Yes. But what if they were clear about it and said, serve the people around you as God's ambassador? Right oh, away. He it does say that. <laughs> <laughs> right away, it would have put me at rest. Yes. When you're at rest, it's amazing what you can do. Like Labor the harder than all the rest. But not I. But the grace of God in me that was laboring. So that's what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians 3. We are able ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, for the letter kills, but the Spirit. The Spirit is what gives life. The Spirit is what takes the life of the Lamb, the life of Christ, Mm -hmm. and it serves other people. Yes. And so we're fulfilling that verse that Jesus did not come to be served, but to be a servant to all. Exactly. He said, I did not come to be served. He doesn't want you serving him, but I came to serve. He wants to serve everybody that you come into contact with. He serves through you, which makes you a bond servant of God. But me and my flesh just gets in the way. Yes. Of that. It's waiting on the Lord. You have to wait on the Lord, which is what we always come back to. That's an interesting word, wait on the Lord. It is an interesting In word. Isaiah 40. Mm-hmm. It is Go for the it. last verse. Mm-hmm. It's literally the same verse that's used in uh, by Jesus when he says, the, the lamp of the body is the eye. Yes. Have a single eye, mm-hmm. and it means to be stranded together with what God sees and what you see are bound together as one mm-hmm. stranded. The rope. two become one flesh. Yes, 
it's the same thing in Isaiah 40, but the Hebrew word, I'm, it's escaping me now. But It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to do a redneck Hebrew scholar yeah, study, yeah. word study, but yeah. I'm, I'm not able to. <laughs> Maybe God is sparing us right now. Yeah, I, I know I would mispronounce. But you know what the word weight actually is? It's the same meaning. It's to be entwined together. So when your strength is entwined together with God's strength, yes, that's called waiting on the Lord. That's called waiting on the Lord. The Meaning you're difference. doing it in his strength. Yes, yes. It doesn't mean you're not doing it. No. It means you've entwined yourself with God's strength and you're able to serve and not get tired, not burn out. The, um, yeah, endless strength. Endless. I labored harder than all the rest, but it wasn't me laboring. It was the grace of God in me doing the laboring. It's exactly what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. He said, For this reason a man shall leave his mother and father and cling to his wife. The two will become one flesh. I'm telling you a mystery, but I'm speaking about Jesus Christ. We become one flesh with Jesus, and he ministers through us. It happens many times a day. We're entwined with Christ. We've waited on the Lord. Yes, that's exactly what it means. And we're equipped for service. Yes. He's made us adequate, capable, fully equipped servants. Yes, yes. And we're serving people Mm -hmm. and as we're serving people it's being recorded in the book of the life of of the the lamb Lamb. and becoming a living letter and it's bearing fruit but if you look at it as look at look at what steve's doing Uh oh doesn't count and it can be the same activity you've gotten your reward in this age and the age to come if, yeah. if you take credit for it, the slap on the back is all you get. That's it. Better enjoy it. Right. And I've done that and couldn't wait to point it out to people. Oh, Look what yeah. what I did. Yeah. Just, what I did. Just manipulate the whole conversation so I can say what a good job I did. Especially if there's a pretty girl around. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, you guys. Just kidding. Go out and feed the homeless. And- yeah. Where's that guy from the church that Yeah, makes the uh, church bulletin? Yeah. I yeah. was getting this. Yeah. That's why in Colossians 1.10, he says that you would bear fruit in every good work, meaning you can do good works, but you only bear fruit in the good works is when Jesus is doing it through you. You have to abide in him, and he abides in you. For apart from him, you can do nothing. But in him, you can bear much fruit, John 15. You know, one of the strange things is, this is a mysterious thing, Christ entwined with your strength. Yes, go off on that. Well, Paul said, I don't even judge myself. Yeah, I don't even say, was that me doing the homeless ministry or was that me in Christ? He right. said, I don't even judge it. He nope. says, I'll, I'll wait for that. It'll be determined. Yes. Meaning, we don't go around and saying, 
Is that guy doing it in the flesh flesh or or the spirit? Yes. Yes. Don't waste your time doing that. Right. It's being done. And God's in everything. Yes. But there's a time when that'll be... Taken care of. Yeah. That'll be... All sorted out. Sorted out. That's the word I was saying. But now's not the time. Not not during your experiential lifespan. It's not the time. So I would say step one is don't rely on yourself. Yes. Back to our man in the mirror. Right. The Christian has got to know his limitations. Right. Amen. And I've known people that have done, and there's all kinds of ministries, but I know people that have just burned out in ministry. I've burned out on on things. I'm one of those people. I'm guilty of burning out and ripping people's face off when I did burn out. Yeah. I'm doing it all and nobody's helping me. How come you guys aren't helping me? I can remember just kicking and screaming. I was at the end of my human rope. I remember that. I, I saw you yeah, one time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We were the uh, chairman at the church. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. When I say chairman, meaning it was Steve and Bill that picked up all, all the, the chairs, chairs, stacked them, then... Put all the chairs down, swept the floor, changed up the every garbage. light bulb in that building every Sunday, and then other people would just show up, yeah, and enjoy it, leave a mess, and leave. In leave, Steve and Bill cleaned up for a couple hours, and uh, and that was after we stayed up till three in the morning helping that ministry the night before, so we could use the building. The so we day. could use the building the next day. We had to. Work till three in the morning and then get up at six and start changing the light bulbs and all the chairs and all the tables to make a nighttime place turn into a daytime church. Yeah, I, my wife, who is a servant of servants, she loves elderly people. She's just got a gift and she used to wow. do, they used to go to the nursing home. Yes. And she just loved talking to the the elderly people. Yes. And the church she did, they got some new leadership and they decided they'd organize it and then they wanted them to do a summary of what they did and a goal of what they did, what they were to do and how many people they led to Christ and all these things. And you know what she told me? said it just took the joy right right. out and they recorded it she was totally just loving it when she was just doing it no one knew she did it she didn't care if anyone knew she did it she just she was ministering these people she was totally led by the spirit to do it and it produced fruit it produced fruit when they legalized it and yeah put human effort into it and human organization Mm -hmm. and man-centered it died. servant it died and it, it literally did die it did die within a month or two she said it was just over it was over been going for four or five years and then it was just destroyed it kaput became, yeah yep it would become ministry of the letter yes of human effort yes yes so if there's anything that can be taken away from this podcast it, it's that the idea that we are God's servant to the people around us. 
not so much God's servant to God where you're trying to impress some invisible being in trying to please him. We're trying to please the people around us and lead them to Christ and to be a, a good servant of the gospel we give up things, we sacrifice things, we have a bunch of do's and don'ts to do, we have a bunch of imperative moods that we might do some podcasts about in the upcoming few podcasts. And also, we just introduced the topic today, but even under the law, even under the the offerings in the law, the book of Leviticus, the, the first five offerings, the burn offering, the meat offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering. Those are all pictures of Christ. And really only, we always think of offerings as for sin, but three of those were servant, serving offerings. Mm-hmm. And so we can look into those next week because the, well, the burn offering mm-hmm. was all about your life. And if you are going to be a servant for God, yes, you need to take a look at this offering. Right. But it was not 90% for God and 10% for me. No. It was to be acceptable, it had to be 100%. So we can look at some of these offerings and see how Jesus fulfilled every one of those. Yes. Everything required by God to be accepted that we might call serving yes was fully met in Christ through all these offerings yes and I think you'll find it fascinating interesting yep encouraging there's there's so many things that we need to get into and we will we will but just if you can just grasp the fact that we serve the people around you and we use the power of God to do that the power of God that that guy's name that old guy Major Ian Thomas yeah yeah (laughs) cool guy yeah he was he said in his English accent it is not inactivity it is his activity yeah yeah and and that's a good phrase to, to remember it is when we say that you're not a servant to God it doesn't mean that you're just an inactive person no you're serving but not in the energy of your flesh right it's his activity. It's his activity, not inactivity. That, that's that's the same idea when it comes to the word rest. He said, I came to be a servant of all. Yes. Let him, let his activity serve. Serve. All. Through yes. you. Yes. And let your activity be rest. Yes. Yes. Or, as we just learned, entwining yourself with God's energy. Yes. Waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Let him do it through you. Or like Paul said so many times, don't you know that you can't be a servant of God to anybody, humanly speaking, that it takes the Spirit's power to do it through you. It takes the grace of God to do it through you. And Isaiah gives us a do you not know. Awesome. Close us with that. Well, it's right on the passage we were just talking about. I'm going to go back to 28, Isaiah 40, 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, 
the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait, who entwine their strength with the Lord, will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Father God, just minister that to us. Teach us how to rest and wait on you and wait on your strength and wait on your energy so that we can do everything with all your energy that's at work in us. Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. Love you. Good night. Good night.